وإخواننا خاسئين وخزايا نادمين اللهم لا تجعلهم صرفا ولا نصرا يا قوي يا عزيز يا قوي يا عزيز ردنا إليك من ردا جميلا وحد صفوف المسلمين اللهم من أراد بالإسلام المسلمين خيرا فوفقه إلى كل خير ومن أراد بالإسلام والمسلمين شرا فاجعل كيده في نحره واجعل تدميره في تدبيره واجعل الدائرة عليه يا رب العالمين اللهم ولي أمورنا خيارنا ولا تولي أمورنا شرارا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك ولا يرحمنا oh Allah, we, pray to you, we pray to you, we call upon you, we beseech you, we ask you to bless us, to guide us to make us steadfast, to fill our hearts with iman uh, to make us a people of patience and gratitude we ask you oh Allah to grant us guidance in, in our journey to you and in our relationship with others Oh Allah, help us navigate the difficulties of our lives, the challenges of our lives, and make every day that passes in our life a day that we draw closer to you and to your pleasure. Ya Rabbil Alameen, we ask you, Allah, to rid our hearts from any illnesses, any diseases that deter us away from you and away from guidance. We ask you, Allah, to remove from our hearts whim and hawa and to, and to revive our hearts with iman. We ask you to bless us to witness the month of Ramadan. Make us of those who uh, observe Ramadan and give it its due right, and make us of those who are accepted in the blessed month. Of Ramadan. Oh Allah, Allahumma khtim lana bi khayrin ajma'ina wa alhikna bi salihin wa jalna min warathati jannat ka jannat al naimi arhamar rahimin. Ameen, ameen. Amma ba'd, it's good to have you all um, with us today. Uh, we were unsure with the weather and the cold uh, that's outside if people would make it to the masjid. But mashallah, the masjid is full and vibrant with life, and we pray that the masjid's always uh, full with activity and that. Um, uh, you know, he blesses us to, to meet people who are going to help us become better. And to, he blesses us to stay committed to the right path um, and to be connected and attached to the masajid. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Uh, as we normally do, we start off with some announcements. And then I'll give you guys the framing for the subject for tonight, which is centering relationships on patience and gratitude. Um, and then we'll continue from there, inshallah. Fadal Ibrahim. Barakallahu for joining us. As Sheikh said, um, alhamdulillah, we, we, can, we went through with it. Um, alhamdulillah, the, the community is strong and, and, and we're all here. Uh, one, of the, one of the first things, I'll just go through the announcements and then inshallah we'll, we'll refresh about the Slido and everything else. So tomorrow inshallah we have our community hub which we have about every month. For those of you unaware, the Community Hub is a program centered for all, for families um, and for people of all of the ages. Uh, so we have a special guest, Ibrahim Salman, who will um, bring the whole family and we'll be able to get ready and immerse ourselves in um, lively retelling of the Sirah. So inshallah, the theme for this one will be the Sirah um, and it'll be presented by the Sound of Sirah. That'll be tomorrow at 5 p.m. inshallah. Babysitting will be provided. So you can bring the entire family. You can come. You can bring your kids, any ages. And inshallah, we'll have a great time. Alhamdulillah, these things, every month, they, they, they change the theme. Sometimes there's a trivia. Sometimes there's, there's a discussion, games. Um, it's, it's a way for us to bring the community together. Uh, before you go on, if any of you guys haven't heard of uh, our brother Ibrahim Salman before, I really encourage you to come with your families to listen to him. Uh, he's very um, energetic, very animated, very, uh, uh, he, he's very good at capturing an audience, and he has this uh, project, again, it's called Sound of Sira. Uh, if you have kids, even if you're an adult, I think you would love it. Uh, so make sure you come tomorrow uh, for the community hub, bidnillah. 
And then we have started our new semester, the class of Sheikh Usama, uh, the parables of the Quran. So Al-Mithal Al-Quran, we'll be discussing different parables of the Quran, different themes in the Quran, you know, things like the spider or, or the, or the uh, bees, um, different themes, the theme of time, etc. Uh, we'll be going over it through a curriculum, and that'll be on Sundays, inshallah, 6 p.m. here. And that already started last week. The first class was last week. If you missed that class and you're interested, um, reach out to one of us and we can put you on the WhatsApp group. We can send you the link of the recording. Uh, otherwise, you can join us here next Sunday um, and, and, and we can all learn together, inshallah. We also have Aisha, after Aisha. So after that course, we do have a brother's halakha with Sheikh Usama. We did change the topic. Now we're discussing the sciences of the hadith or the hadith sciences, everything about hadith. That is a brother's halakha that is usually held in the side room or downstairs. Um, but that's after Isha. So before at 6 o'clock, there'll be parables of the Quran open to all. And then at 8 p.m., there's a brother's halakha for anyone who, who, who's interested in being a student of knowledge. Bring a notepad or an iPad or a computer. Take some notes. Inshallah, we can all benefit. They're following with a book as well. You can ask one of us and we can get you the information. We also, as always, we have our Basics of Islam course that's on Saturdays, Sundays at 12.30. That'll be in the side room, inshallah, uh, ICPC Clifton as well. So anyone who's interested in Islam, anyone who has recently reverted to Islam, or anyone that's recently pr practicing and just would like to learn the basics or relearn or refresh, anyone is welcome. The book is very thorough and it, and it goes through everything in a very simple way. So same thing. If you're interested, just let us know. You can find all this information on the website or on the mailing list or on the WhatsApp community. Um, everything is there. Alhamdulillah, everything is, is blasted everywhere. Also, the, I think the WhatsApp link is posted on the walls, so you can just scan the QR code. You'll get onto the community. You get access to everything that I'm, that I'm relaying right here. And then we also have a February intensive, bi'idnillah. Um, let me just open up the discussion. So it's the beginning of guidance, Bidayatul Hidayah. We'll be going over that book, inshallah. It'll be on Sunday, February 18th. For those of you who joined us for the previous intensive, alhamdulillah, it was a great success. We're going to have another intensive, and it'll be um, Sunday, 12 to 5 p.m., inshallah, here. I believe lunch will be served. Books will be provided. Registration is $45, so please register so we can get you the books on time and so that we can all benefit together and so that we have enough food for everyone. Bidnillah. And, and with that, I think that covers everything. Is there One other thing, we also have our Tuesday class, uh, Fiqh of Salah. It's resuming uh, this Tuesday, inshallah, as long as another snow, uh, snowstorm doesn't happen. Uh, it's been delayed for the past two weeks, but inshallah, we're going to resume this Tuesday. Uh, by the way, about this intensive, inshallah, we're going to be speaking about in the coming weeks more. But the beginning of guidance or Bidayat al-Hidayah is actually the name of the book. It's a book written by Imam al-Ghazali, and it speaks about uh, three core things that are critical um, for the person's beginning in their journey to Allah Azza wa Jalla. It's a very spiritual book, very beautiful book, and uh, that's going to be the subject of our one-day intensive on February 18. A um, lot of things happening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the, all the efforts and accept from us. Allahumma ameen. Um, Ramadan, by the way, uh, this is a, a side note, uh, is very close. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's less than seven weeks away. Is that what it is? Uh, so Ramadan's going to be around March 10 or 11. Um, and um, we're already almost done with January. Uh, so Ramadan's really at our doorsteps. Uh, we pray uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to take advantage of the month um, very soon. Another two, three weeks, everyone's going to be starting to get into Ramadan spirit and the Ramadan vibe, bi'idnillah. Um, and actually, we're going to be speaking about this a little bit more in some of the coming 
uh, Friday forums. Um, as we've been making dua, and the other side note I guess I should make, you know, with Ramadan coming, we've been speaking about Gaza and praying for Gaza for many, many uh, weeks now. Uh, it's been almost four months, more than a hundred days. And we should still continue to be resilient in our dua for the people of Gaza. Um, resilience is something that I, I spoke about in the khutbah today. And um, it's a critical attribute for every mu'min and believer that's going to find goodness, find change, find direction in his or her life. It actually kind of relates to some of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, um, I wanted to try to keep this discussion very um, interactive, very practical. It's speaking about two core components or the two core components of Iman in patience and gratitude. But I don't want to speak about them in a generic way. We hear a lot about sabr, patience. Patience is really important. And um, gratitude is really important too. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, these two characteristics in, in specific are the two halves of Iman. They're described as uh, the two halves of Iman, al-Iman uh, nisfan, nisfuhu sabrun wa nisfuhu shukr. Half of Iman is patience and the other half is gratitude. These two together, they complete the spectrum of Iman altogether. In other words, these two are the two most critical things that will make my relationship right with Allah Azza wa Jal. If I actually live by these things, in my relationship with Allah, I'm going to find a lot of spiritual prosperity. I'm going to find a lot of goodness and khair and barakah. And interestingly, and this is what we're going to speak about in this session specifically, patience and gratitude are also what make our relationship with people right as well. So they fix, these are the two core things, they fix a lot. They go a long way in impacting our life experience. Our life experience in our relationship with Allah and our life experience in our relationship with people. Um, whether we're talking about our friends, or we're talking about just our acquaintances, or even we're talking about our own families. You can link back most good things and most problematic things that come about in relationships to either the presence or absence of patience and gratitude. Right? And, you know, um, speaking a little bit more to this point... Again, I, you know, I really want this, this discussion to be enriched by what you guys have to share. If you could make it specific to these two subjects and how they play out in relationships, this would be ideal. Share. If you have questions on the Slido, uh, your comments, your questions, anything you have to say about this subject, what I'm hoping to touch upon, three basic points. One of them, what are some of the misconceptions about what patience is, and about what gratitude is. The second thing is, what are some of the blessings that could come about in a relationship when these two are found, when, when there's patience and gratitude in, in people's dealings with each other? What does that trigger? What does it cause? What are the blessings that come about because of that? And then the third thing is, what are some of the examples of either setbacks or successes in relationships and interactions that are linked with patience and gratitude or lack of patience 
and lack of gratitude. Right? So it's, a, it's actually a very rich, rich topic. And, you know, again, we want to try to, uh, what we've been trying to do in our whole discussion about Gaza and all of our reflections to Gaza, and even with other subjects that we've discussed in the past, we want to try to give life to our Iman. Look, there, you know, if Iman doesn't have any presence, uh, it doesn't, if it doesn't have, as we say in Arabic, uh, you know, if we're talking, if it has no place front and center in my life, then it's really irrelevant. You know, if iman, quote unquote, or my um, spiritual time, or my ibad, or my worship is something that's on the fringe, it doesn't have to do with what I'm dealing with front and center in my life. Then it's, it's it has a very weak, um, weak sense in my direction and in my choices. How can I get my Iman to be front and center? Meaning that when I'm dealing with the most difficult stuff, the first thing that comes to mind is, what's most pleasing to Allah? Or what does the Quran say? Or what guidance can I find in the words of the Prophet How can I get myself to operate in this way? Now this is part of what I, Ibrahim, this is part of what I discussed in the khutbah when I was talking about resilience. Um, uh, and that's because, you know, look, you know, taking it back to Gaza again, because it's a practical application of Iman. Um, for the people of Gaza, it's not 100 days. <laughs> for us, it's 100 days, right? For us, we got to the point where, you know, it becomes difficult to continue to follow along every single day. Um, uh, life takes a toll. Uh, I want to start thinking about something else. Right? I've been in this state of thinking about Gaza for so long. Right? Now, if, you know, if by a show of hands, how many of you guys still watch uh, news reports on a daily basis about Gaza? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Alhamdulillah. That's good. Uh, you know, that's really good. But still, for the people of Gaza, it's not a news report. A news report, you finish it in five minutes, ten minutes, what do you spend an hour? How, how much time are you going to spend? Two hours? Right? How much more possible that what's happening in the rest of my day? I'm living life. That's what's happening. Life is moving on. Like we shared one of the traumatic stories, uh, you know, I shared with the community. Um, uh, it's, it's, of course, it's public knowledge. It's, uh, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with the family. Um, we made dua for the young boy uh, who passed away a week ago. He's from the Teaneck community. Uh, how many of you have heard me share this? Raise your hand. Have you heard about the story or you've heard, you've heard of what happened? Well, it's basically a boy. Again, life, reality hits, right? Young boy, seven years old, walking out of his house, going to a school bus, and he had some food in his mouth. Again, he was rushing. It was the morning. Uh, they were having breakfast, and he was rushing out of his home to go to his school bus. And Allah decreed, he choked on the food that he was eating. He tried to spit it out. His family tried to help him. He couldn't breathe. He tried to drink water. It, it, Allah decreed that was his time. And he passed away right in front of his parents' eyes. May Allah Azza wa Jal have mercy on him. His name is Hamad. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give his parents ease. Um, but again, you know, life happens. Life moves on. Things are moving on for people in their personal life circumstances. But again, for the people of Gaza, it's not a hundred days. It's not a year. It's a lifetime and a lifestyle. You know, and for us looking in at them, you know, 
we're just so mesmerized and amazed. Like, how could people be so, uh, you know, so, so, so strong and so powerful? How could they have so much grit that they could deal with this, not just for a month or a few weeks or something like that? They're dealing with it for months on end. In fact, this is their life. They've been dealing with it their whole life. When we talk about the people of Philistine, we're talking about something that's been around for decades. Other realities in other parts of the Muslim world, something generational. Um, and, you know, when something is that deeply ingrained within you, it becomes part of your nature. How can Iman become, that's bringing the subject back to us. How can Iman, be, Iman become part of my nature? How could it become front and center where, you know, it's really what's directing the way I think, the way I talk, um, my attitudes towards things, uh, the way I feel about people. It's being directed by my Iman and it's being nourished and, and enriched by my Iman. That's when we'll find patience and gratitude become um, relevant subjects. Now I could sit here and just give you a generic discussion and tell you that Sayyidina Ali, the beautiful words by Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, Ala inna as-sabra min al-iman bimanzilati ra'si min al-jasad Ala innahu la imana liman la sabra lah Beautifully he said what? He said, patience is to iman like the head is to the body. And there is no faith for someone who doesn't have patience. We could have that type of discussion. I mentioned the virtues and the verses and the hadiths. But now I don't want the discussion to actually be in uh, the realm of theory. Let's look at it practically. What does patience mean? Look, there's something, there's a verse. I mentioned this verse in the khutbah. Um, uh, this verse pushes our understandings about what patience is. You know, it pushes us to think further. It's in the end of Surah Ali Imran. Anyone here know the verse? Anyone know what the verse is? Last verse, very last verse. It's a unique command from Allah. Anyone know the verse, end of Surah Ali Imran? Anyone? Zakallah. Very beautiful verse. Allah tells us, O you who believe, be patient. And then what? Okay. Sabiru. Right? Alright, what is this? Musabara. What is this? All right, it's, it's not enough to be... Allah is telling us, hey, guess what? It's not enough for you to just be patient. Or think that you're patient. There is actually something that needs to actively be done beyond that. Sabiru. Musabara. It means to persevere. Against what? Against... Certain things and realities in your life and certain people sometimes. Your enemies, your antagonists. The musabara means that I need to exert myself, exude a great deal of patience in dealing with life circumstances. It's like this push and pull. It's like this push and pull, this back and forth, musabara. And then Allah mentions... Right? The people of Gaza, they're not patient, right? They're a people of ribat. Ribat is different. It's a whole no- Allah is giving us three levels here. There's sabr and then there's musabara. And then there's ribat. Right? Sabr, patience. Musabara, I am pushing myself to its limits. I'm persevering. I, you know, and this teaches us, it clarifies one misconception about patience. So, you know, sometimes people 
seem to, seem to think that patience means I'm coping. I'm just dealing with reality. But no, the patience is not dealing with reality. Patience is actually persevering and actually not just dealing with it, actually becoming better by it. The people of Gaza, the, you know, people of trials and afflictions, if they deal with them the right way, they could actually become better by their trial and affliction. How can I actually become better through the worst things that are happening to me in my life? That's a big question. That's a big question. How can I become better by the things that are going, that are going on in my life? I'm not just dealing with it. No, I'm becoming better, a better human being because I went through X, Y, or Z. Right? That's something deep to reflect on. Ribat. It is resilient. That's what we translate as resilience. You know what they de define resilience as? It is this ability to whenever you're spread thin, whenever you're like uh, um, about to break apart, you're able to come back together. You have this elasticity to your emotional and spiritual state, right? When something spreads you thin, you're going to come back together and become whole after that. That's what, that's what resilience is. Ribat, the people of, of Gaza were described by the Prophet وسلم, actually as people of Ribat. Prophet وسلم, says this is in Tabarani, it's an authentic hadith. Um, and he, the Prophet وسلم, says the best of your Ribat will be in Asqalan. Asqalan is right on the doorsteps of Gaza. So it's very close to it, that whole area, that whole region. So look, patience isn't coping, it's persevering. That's one thing I want to think about. The next one is patience with others isn't a favor. It's a right. It's a right, actually. And you know, when I start thinking of it in this light, look, when I'm good with people, I'm not doing them a favor. I'm doing myself a favor, right? I, I'm supposed to be good with people. That's not something that they need to earn, right? right? You know, some, some people said, all right, you know, they, they think that, Others need to earn their goodness, right? You know, you, he doesn't deserve me being kind to him, right? She doesn't deserve me being good to her. Well, are you kidding me? Did you not hear what Allah told Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam to do for, for Fir'aun? Speak leniently, speak gently to Fir'aun. Why? Does he deserve it? No, he doesn't deserve it. He's a piece of trash. Fir'aun one of the most deplorable human beings in human history. He doesn't... Des Trust me. There's no one you're going to meet in your life today that's as bad as Fir'aun was. Think about it all you want. Not this, you know, this... Not even Sisi. Not e <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed to say that on the microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, not even Sisi Hajj. No, no, there's no one. Now, imagine this. You know, because, by the way, this, this, ma this makes a difference. It makes a difference, guys. What does our nefs convince us it's okay to do sometimes? You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm friends with person A. Everything is good and dandy, right? Um, and we're happy and we're cool, right? But something bad happens and it creates this wedge between us this, and this rift and you know what? Person A, who was my friend yesterday, is now a shaitan al-rajim, right? We need to be very careful not to operate in these binaries. You're either my best friend or you are a shaitan al-rajim. You are the devil himself. A'udhu billah. 
Now, okay, we need to be very careful in the way we express our emotions, whether you're, you're talking about expressing love or you're expressing hatred. As they say, there's a hikmah in Arabic, in Arabic language, they say, by the way. They said, Ahbib, uh, Habibaka, Haunan ma, Asa an yakuna, Baghidaka, Yoman ma. And then they say, Awabrid, Baghidaka, Haunan ma, Asa an yakuna, Habibaka, Yoman ma. Meaning, cool down, lighten up. If you find yourself operating in this way, that today I'm deeply in love with this person. And literally 24 hours later, I hate this person's guts. This is not a healthy reality for Iman. Allah, it's not a healthy reality for Iman. I need to be very careful. If I find myself operating in this way, I need to cool myself down. Patience. Again, I'm going to go back to this point. Patience with others. Is that a favor I do for them? Or is it their right? You know what? You know, you know, one of the greatest reasons why a lot of problems happen between people, may Allah forgive us, sometimes we're not patient with each other. Sometimes we don't allow people to learn from their mistakes. You know, people are going to make mistakes. You have a friend who said something that they shouldn't have said. Forgive and overlook. They did something they shouldn't have done. Forgive and overlook. Wallahi, life is so easy. But sometimes we make, we make it complicated. Sometimes we make it complicated. Sometimes what happens, and this is bizarre, sometimes you'll find someone become so upset at another human being and that other human being does not even know that they did something to upset them. And you know what? Months will pass and this poor person uh, uh, is like in this state of turmoil. I'm so angry at Fulan or Fulana. They did this and they said that. And Fulan or Fulana is like completely oblivious and and then when this person comes around, wallahi, this happens sometimes. When this person comes around, like six months later, six months ago, you made me so upset when you said these words. What did you mean by that? You really hurt me. And then the person's like, uh, I didn't even know I said that. I'm sorry. Sometimes we need to just forgive and overlook people's mistakes. Allow people to learn from their wrongdoing. This is what patience, what musabara actually also entails. I'm going to deal with situations that are not ideal. It's okay. If I'm someone who's grounded in Iman, you know what, guess what? I need to be able to have that when I'm dealing, you know, all of Islamic spirituality goes back to, do, and this is one of the things that's covered in Imam Ghazali's book, Bidayat al-Hidayah, by the way. The third chapter is all about Suhbat al-Khalq, Suhbat al-Khaliq, wa Suhbat al-Khalq. It's all about companionship to the Creator, and companionship to people. All of Islamic spirituality is traced back to two th these two dynamics. I need to figure out my relationship with Allah, and I need to figure out my relationship with people. And you know what's going to help me figure this out? These are these two characteristics. By the way, no one's born with these. Wallahi, these two. You know what else is unique about these two? We said, or, so what's one thing that we said that's unique about uh, patience and gratitude jointly? Let's see if... Uh, it's very warm in here, you know, so I'm hoping the warmth will allow us to be at comfort, not, hopefully not too comfortable, hopefully not falling asleep, right? What's unique? What's one unique thing that we said about patience and gratitude? What's one unique thing? Whoa. All right, I think everyone's, I got, I got to stop talking. Huh? Go fully asleep. <laughs> okay, come on, what's one unique thing? We said that they're what? These two things jointly are what? Yes. 
there, yes, you do need it. But we said what about Iman? Yes, there you go. Patience and gratitude are two halves of faith. That's one thing. That you need to remember about patience and gratitude. There are two halves of Iman. We celebrate, we celebrate patience when? When do we celebrate patience? We celebrate it in Ramadan, Eid al-Fitr. When do we celebrate gratitude? Huh? Eid al-Adha. That's when the Muslim Thanksgiving is. No, I'm just kidding. No, Eid al-Adha is Eid al-Shukr. It really is. It's, a, it's understanding what shukr is. That's, we're going to come to clarify a misconception about gratitude right now. But anyway, what's the second thing I need to remember about these two things jointly? They are also the two things in the Qur'an that are mentioned as being um, uh, the fruit of time and experience. These are the, among all attributes, right? What, what's the evidence? One is, وَكَيْفَ تَصْبِرُ عَلَى مَا لَمْ تُحِطْ بِهِ خبرة. How can you be patient with that which you have no experience with? That's something that's a... So again, patience is something that I continue to build the more I experience things in my life. So you will find that... And again, this is... The, again, when we're talking about relationships, this is a reality. This is a reality. If you want to bring this to friendships, you will find that the petty differences in friendships are most had when it's all characterized by impatience and impulse. And then when you want to graduate and apply this to marriages, you'll also find it the same reality. In the very beginning, before people have experience with marriage and what marriage is supposed to be, before they learn about each other, they will lose their patience over the most petty and insignificant things. And this will, you know, with time, and after being at it through many experiences, those petty things that came between a husband and a wife from day one will be things that are trivial later on, be so un insignificant and unworthy later on, right? So patience and gratitude. Patience is a time reality. I need experience to become patient. Gratitude is the same thing, by the way. Gratitude, again, we've mentioned this in many previous durus, so if you've been around, what's, pa what's gratitude and shukr linked with in the Qur'an? In the Qur'an, what does it link it with? Huh? What does it link it with? We said it's a time and experience reality. Prove it to me from the Qur'an. There's a certain age that's mentioned in the Qur'an and it mentions this characteristic of gratitude. Hmm? Someone said, I think, the verse. I think I heard the verse. What, what, is, what is it? Uh, all right. حَتَّى إِذَا بَلَغَ وَبَلَغَ Right? You reach the age of 40. When you've grown to your, uh, you know, a peak in your life experience while you're still physically capable. No offense to anyone who's in their 50s, 60s, 70s. MashaAllah, there are people who are in old age more capable than people in their 20s. MashaAllah, there are. That's a reality too. But anyway, specific to the person, Allah Azza wa Jal links the age of 40 and shukr together. This is found in two verses of the Qur'an. It's a reality of time and experience. So anyway, patience and gratitude. Here, What's the misconception that we're clarifying here? 
One, we said patience isn't coping, it's persevering. Patience with others isn't a favor, it's a right, right? I should not pat myself on the back when I do something good for somebody else because people don't need to deserve my goodness. That's a misconception. That's coming from someone who has nafs shahiha, someone who is very stingy with their character. No, people don't need to deserve my goodness. I need to spread my goodness wherever I go. And you know, if people return it in kind, then alhamdulillah. If they don't, then alhamdulillah too, right? So, and then the third misconception we're going to clarify here about gratitude. Gratitude isn't a response to a gift. This is shukran, as we understand that as Muslims, right? Someone gives you a bottle of water. You say, thank you. Well, in, in English, we understood this as, oh, he's being a grateful person. He appreciates the bottle of water I gave him, right? Jazakumullah khair. Thank you. Right. But that's not what shukur is in Islam. Shukur is not a function. Shukur is not a response. Shukur is a state of being. That's what it is for the mu'min in his relationship with Allah. Shukur, as they say, was shukru sarful abdi ma awlahu mawlah. That's what shukr is. Shukr is, I'm going to utilize everything about me, within me, and around me. Everything in my being, everything relating to me, in a way that's pleasing to Allah. That's what shukr is. So it's going to involve every aspect of my life. That's what the essence of shukr is with Allah. And shukr with people, if you were to apply it with that definition... Then this is the fourth misconception. Shukr is not something you do with your tongue. Shukr is something, it's not, it's not limited to the, saying thank you is so easy. Saying, th- saying thank you could come out, you know, the biggest mujrim that you know could say thank you with his tongue. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you is easy. Show me thank you, right? Show me thank you, right? Thank you is a state of being for the mu'min. It's something that uh, governs the way I think about things and people. It also governs the way I talk about things and people. It also governs the way I act with people. It's, it's every aspect of my life. You know, brothers and sisters. So these are a few misconceptions. Of course, there's more you could add to this list, but I don't want the whole talk to be dedicated to misconceptions. Right? How do you apply, you know... I have a few answers for this, but let me see if you guys have some answers too. When patience and gratitude are in a relationship, you know, again, like we're, we're talking about either friendships or your relationship with your parents or with your children or with your siblings or with your spouse, all these types of relationships. When patience and gratitude are in a relationship, what specific blessings do you think come about when a person acts with patience and acts with gratitude? What would you guys say to that? What would you guys say to that? Who has something to share? Who has something to share? Not all at once, guys. Huh? What do you have to share? I'll share with you guys one if you can't think of one. I'll share with you one. All right. The first thing that comes about when we center our relationships on patience and gratitude, Allah, it creates a whole, uh, you know, 
a great sense of peace inside. A great sense of peace. Wallahi, anyone, again, there, there's, you know, we're human beings. Wallahi, we're human beings. There is a lot of tension and turmoil very often found in many of our dealings with each other. That's why the Quran says, La khayra fi min najwahum. Quran says that there's no goodness in much of their private conversations. And nonsense absolutely eats away at people's core. You know, Allah, it does. It takes away from that sense of peace. Nonsense, right? When I don't have patience, and we're talking about relationships, you know what that causes? You know, not having patience could cause insecurity. Um, I start having ill assumptions of every word and action that is coming from others. Patient, having no sense of patience, you know, it's okay. I'll deal with it. It's okay. Maybe, all right, uh, person X came into the room and he didn't have a nice big smile on his face, right? Instead of being on edge and saying, oh, man, he, me he meant it. Oh, why does he have an attitude with me? Oh, the, he's, he's being arrogant. Oh, he's looking down on me or she's looking down on me or he's this, this, and that. You know, it causes a great sense of distress. Wallahi, the best thing that a person could do to buy their peace within is, you know what? I am going to govern my nafs and my ruh with a great deal of patience. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, be forbearing. I'm going to let things pass. I'm going to let things play out as they should play out. It causes, not having a patience causes a sense of jaza and a sense of um, great frustration. When is this going to happen? When is this person going to respond? When is this going to be completed? Oh, why didn't this person do that? This is Prophet Wasallam again, you know, had this great sense of peace uh, about him. And, um, and, and the Prophet Wasallam in the most difficult situations in his lifetime, you know, people would look to him. You know, patience as a characteristic is one that attracts. It captivates the hearts of people. When someone feels that they can, you know, that, that, they, 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 that they can, like, feel the goodness of your patience, it causes others to be at ease, not just yourself. It causes peace within. This is a big one. When so, and same thing with gratitude. I'm just going to, I'm going to, uh, be a person who does it right. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to govern my life with Jabril Khawatir. I'm going to uh, allow people to feel that I appreciate every little and small thing that they do and every major thing that they do. I'm going to be that person who, um, uh, you know, makes people feel that I value them and value everything about them. That's something that causes peace for me. And peace for others. It causes peace for me. I I I am buying my sense of comfort within when I choose these two characteristics to be in my in my life. This is one thing. What else? What else comes about? What other blessings comes about in a relationship when patience and gratitude is there? What what else? What do you think? Can you guys think of anything else? Uh, this is a good one. Selflessness. You know what? Uh, there's something that triggers shuh uh, nufus and then there's something else that trigger, triggers generosity within people. I need to be very mindful of this. 
you know, all right, I, say, if, um, say if I feel like um, person X is not being very generous with their character or with their words or actions with me. One of the ways to actually navigate this and actually lessen this is by observing these two characteristics in my dealings with others. It actually gives a sense of selflessness to a relationship. But when, I, when I'm thinking about my right, and I show lack of appreciation towards what others do, guess what? It's going to be returned in kind. It's going to trigger their selfishness. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, he was a siraj and he was a munir. Prophet ﷺ, he was beautiful in himself, and he reflected beauty off of others. You know why? Because he was able to bring out the best of what's in the hearts of people. People, in general, they're not evil. You know, whether they make mistakes or not, whether, you know, they're like very devout or not, people are not evil. You know, I need to remind myself of this reality. People are not evil. I can, they can either be in a state of lowly character and I could bring them up, or I can allow them to bring me down. That's a choice I need to make. I need to wait for others. I, could, I need to choose between being one of two people. I'm going to either carry others or wait for them to carry me. If I'm going to wait for them to carry me, guess what? I'm going to be friendless. I'm not going to have anyone left in my corner. If I'm waiting for others to do the right thing, whoa, I'm going to be waiting for a very long time. One of the most frustrated human beings upon this earth is that human being that always waits for people to make the right decisions, and if they don't, they're going to get so frustrated, so angered, so bothered, so, um, you know, uh, you know uh, so, so despairing. I, I need to watch that. I, I need to not allow that to manifest. If I wait for others to do the right thing, then I'm not going to get anywhere in my life. No, I need to do the right thing. And you know what? Maybe people will follow suit. Selflessness. That, I like that. You know, when, when I am patient with others, this is going to make them love me. This is going to make them embrace me. It's going to make them appreciate me. Well, you know what? They might not. They might not at first. But guess what? If the Prophet ﷺ gave up on people as fast as we give up on each other, then we would have never got the message of Islam. Think about that for a moment. If the Prophet ﷺ gave up on others as fast as we give up on each other, then we would have never got the message of Islam. What would people say right at this point? What would they say to that? What would they say to that? You said subhanallah. I think that people would think something else. Along with subhanallah. They would say, well, he's the prophet. He's the prophet. You don't know who I'm dealing with, right? This person, uh, this friend, this, this is a selfish, narcissist, opportunistic, exploitive, everything, every adjective you could think in the, in the, in the work, in, in the book. Every, every adjective you could think about in the book. Right? You don't know who I'm dealing with. Eh. If the Prophet ﷺ wasn't the one who was meant to show us how to bring real ease from our lives, then who is? You know, wallahi, it goes back to these fundamentals. Wallahi, it goes back to these fundamentals. 
I have a choice to make. You know, sometimes it's a difficult one. Again, like, all right, so you're telling me that you want me to overlook all of the flaws and problems that person X, Y, or Z did and me be good in return? Answer? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. It's, wallahi, it's difficult. But wallahi, it brings ease to the heart. You know, you could either choose to be that person who fulan or fulana brought me down and hurt me so much, I'm going to stay holding it on to the rest of my days. I will never forgive fulan. I will never forgive fulan. I will never forget what he said and what he did. Well, like, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to live in misery until yomiddin. Go ahead. Choose it. Sometimes it happens. I need to make that choice for myself. Why live in misery? Well, because we've experienced it. Everyone, there's no one here that's never experienced being angry to the point where you can't think straight. You can't, and you try to study, you can't study. You try to pray, you can't concentrate in your prayers. Make the choice. You can make the easy choice. What's the easy choice? You know, I'm just going to erase this from my heart. Wallahi, it's not worth it. Well, I, we gave the story of that kid, seven-year-old kid, who passed away walking out to the school bus. And guess what? 99% of my problems are going to be worthless when I'm in my grave. I'm not going to think of the day Fulan said this and the, fa the day that I didn't get to do that and the, way that the day that Fulana um, treated me like that when I'm in my grave. I'm not going to think about these. Well, they're going to be trivial dunya matters. Trivial. Now, in the moment, it's hard to think like this. Well, okay, what do you mean? You want me to just be like this pushover who has no personality and just forgives and forgets? Is that what you're trying to tell me to do? No, that's not what I'm saying to do. But I need to figure out and think about what's going to make me feel comfortable. Inside, for me, you're, it's too difficult for you to think about person X, Y, or Z. Let me think about me for a second. What's going to make me happy on the inside? Wallahi, the things that make people happy are very basic. Being mukhlas, being sincere. Being shakir. Being a person of tawakkul. Being a person of trust. Being a person of sabr. These are the things that make people happy. Yeah, right? As the Prophet ﷺ said, when, when someone asked him a question, فَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٍ You've asked about something great, but what you've asked about is something easy for those who Allah makes it easy for. So right now, what I would say is, just make dua. Let's make dua. Oh Allah, make good things easy to our hearts. Make the true path to comfort easy to us, beloved to us, adorned to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to really feel the beauty of Iman and our relationships. If you, even if you have, look, you're not going to be able to feel this in every relationship. And I could, I could understand. Does this mean that I'm going to... Alright, so, again, is what you're understanding from me, let, treat, let, let people treat you like garbage and stay best friends with them? Everybody, No, of course not. That's not what we're saying whatsoever. Yes, at a certain point, do I need to make certain decisions on how far or close I keep certain individuals in my life? Yeah, I'm going to make this decision. But am I going to allow myself to become deplorable in my character and lowly in my character because of what other people have done to me? No, this is, this is exactly what we're talking about. Right? 
What else? What other blessings come about? Yes. Allah May Allah bless you. Allah preserve you. He's right. Wallahi, la khaira fi kathirin min When we're talking about the nonsense, the more iman is front and center in my life, the less nonsense will have access to my life. I'm not talking about, yeah, I'm talking about true iman. I'm, not, I'm talking about true iman when it really, really mixes with my soul. If I really reflect, I will find that most of the petty stuff come about in life and in relationships and between people when there's a very weak sense of spirituality. This is why advice, again, for every person who's considering marriage, every person who's a newlywed, every person who even is dealing with their friends or even dealing with your parents. Think about this. Wallahi. <laughs> you know, again, even just give the example of, you know, you know, there are kids who make such foolish decisions in dealing with their parents, right? I'm not willing to forgive my mother or my father because my father and mother did treated me like this and they did this to me and they said that to me. And I'll never forget the day that this and that. Yeah, Bani Adam, if you make your relationship with your parents for Allah, trust me, you're going to find khair and barakah and goodness in your life. It's not a cliche. When you make things, lillah, right? I'm not waiting. For my mother, you know, Allah, it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's ajib like this, right? My mother, father, 50s, 60s, older even, maybe. And, you know, I'm a young 20-year-old and, you know, I'm dealing with them tit for tat, right? If my father doesn't do the right thing, I'm not going to do the right thing back. Uh, that happens, this happens. Wallahi, if things are done, lillah, it's going to be a different perspective, I'm doing this because I'm going to get edged out of it. I'm going to get hasanat. I'm going to get jannah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my children one day to, uh, to be good to me. I'm not waiting for a word or uh, um, uh, uh, reciprocation, right? Reciprocation, uh, you know, reciprocation isn't, you know, isn't good character, right? As the Prophet said, لَيْسَ الْوَاصِلِ بِالْمُكَافِئِ Right? Yani, if you're hello with me, I'll be hello with you. Sweet with me, I'll be sweet with you back. That's not character. No, character is that, all right, you said something that really, really put me on edge, and I'm going to take it in. It's going to take me a while to digest this. But you know what? I'm going to come to terms. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to leave it. This is the true path to rahat al-bal, the true path to comfort within. Right? What else? What else? Yes. Jazakallah khair. Allah yabarak Allah, Allah bless you. Allah preserve you. Allah Who else has something to share?
What else does patience and gratitude inspire in relationships? We're talking about relationships. What do you think? It, okay. It, it, it inspires rahmah and mercy with each other. This is an important thing, being merciful with other human beings. You know, uh, it's interesting. Sometimes we expect one thing from Allah and then we expect something, uh, comple uh, something completely different with people, right? Uh, with Allah... I've been making a mistake for the past 30 years of my life. And I expect Allah to forgive me. With fulan, step out of line and, and uh, step on my toes once, you're done. You are toast. That's it. You No more. You just cross the line once with me, we are done. Right? You need to be a yes person. Right? The funniest thing is, sometimes... Uh, 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 you, you have a person, you have a problem with... Uh, another human being and you want everyone that you know to also have a problem with them right there are people who don't even know anything about person x oh no you need to hate him because i hate him right you need if you're my friend you need to hate who i hate and love who i love right otherwise you're not my friend i don't want to be your friend if you think like this what goodness is going to come from being your friend i need to hate who you hate and love who you love what why on earth? No, I need to try to help you stop hating people. That's what I need to try. If I'm really your friend, I'm going to teach you and inspire you and help you not to hate any human being. Right? Because that's what the Prophet would do. Again. Right? So what else is someone else? Someone who hasn't shared anything. Before we go to the questions and answers. Someone who hasn't shared anything. What does patience and gratitude do for relationships? Go ahead. Yes, it inspires you to do better in your life. Well, this is, you know, this is, this is exactly, you know, look, look, look. None of us are perfect. And you know who sees our imperfections most? Who sees our imperfections most? Answer this. Huh? Well, we wish ourselves, but sometimes, you know, uh, you know, the person's like loaded with ayub, but thinks that he is wali min awliya Allah. Sometimes the person can't see his own ayub, right? Um, but uh, but who, who, sees our, who sees our flaws most? I know some people were going to say Allah. I heard that being said somewhere. I'm not talking about that. Of course, Allah sees us inwardly and outwardly. Who sees our flaws most? Maybe some of you already said it. I didn't hear you. Uh, our partners, your parents, your family, you're all right. Those closest to you see your flaws most. Now, of course, on the, uh, for the outside world, I might be seen as an outstanding person. But then on the inside, people are going to, you know, those closest to me, my parents, my siblings, uh, my children, they're all going to see me lose my patience. They're all going to see me say things I shouldn't have said, do things I shouldn't have done, uh, neglect certain things. Right? That's why we say Azamat Muhammad Sallallahu You know, what is one of the hallmarks of Azamat Muhammad Sallallahu Is that those who loved him most were those who were closest to him. Right? This is unique to the Prophet, by the way. Right? If, you know, if, 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 if our families were given a piece of paper, just ask yourself this question. If my family was given a piece of paper to write things about me, what would be on this piece of paper? Right? <laughs> I probably wouldn't want to see it. Right? Because again, they see everything. 
Oh, he, on, on the day X, he said that. On the day Y, he went there, and he didn't go there, and she didn't do that. Everything, right? But Muhammad is in the first believer was Sayyidah Khadija. She was the first one to follow him. She loved him the most. And the, his family members were the first to believe in him. Uh, the people who were in his house, like Zayd ibn Haritha, in his house, he was one of the first to believe in the Prophet Same thing with Sayyidah Ali ibn Abi Talib. These people, they, because they knew Muhammad on the inside and on the outside, they saw how great he was. All right, so again, that's, again, to your point, but, but again, to your point, help each other grow, right? Uh, you know, when I am actually, how do I need to understand relationships? That, you know, I'm weak, my brother is weak too. I need to help him become a little bit better. He needs to me be, help me become a little bit better. You know, the process of this growth is not an easy one. Wallahi, I'm going to make a mistake once, twice, and ten times over. If we don't forgive each other, if we're not patient with each other, if we don't appreciate each other, then guess what? It's going to, we're not going to get anywhere. Right? It's all going to come crashing down. So that's a little bit about this. Now let's go through the questions. What questions do we have? Or comments? Um, there, there was a reflection um, here and, and in it, a question. Um, there were a few questions we covered about, you know, what does it mean to have patience, gratitude, how do I get there in my life? Maybe we can discuss that in a bullet point format later. Um, but this, this question is um, as follows. If shukr is to be summarized as recognition of goodness one receives, um, then, then how do we interpret that or how do we fit that uh, in, in terms of the bad things that happen in our lives or the things that we perceive to be bad? Um, he goes on to, to say, I imagine the keys maybe in how we interpret the events of our life. Um, that are bad versus not bad for us. He, he wants your, your reflections on this. And for so me, it's the ajab and again, the Again, again, right? shukr, I want to highlight this. Shukr is not recognition. It's, recognition is part of it. It's the first step. It's just the beginning of it. Shukr is something that is deeply ingrained in my psyche. It's even in the way I look at, choose to look at things, Right? The way I deal with things, right? So that's why, you know, look, the parents, the, what, what is it? Let's, let's give the example of the parents. Of course, with Allah, we know there's tons of examples. Let's give the example of the parents, right? Um, uh, what does the Quran say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, again, Allah summarizes and there's very, very profound wisdom in this summary. Allah does not mention any details. What do, what do they believe in? How do they treat you? How do they raise you? Uh, how do they spend time with you? All right. Sometimes, because of privilege, you know, we have very spoiled perspectives on things. Oh, my, you know, my father didn't spend time with me. My father didn't take me out here or there. My mother didn't do this for me. There's a, a very privileged and spoiled outlook towards life sometimes. It's there. I'm not saying that quality time with children is not an important thing. What does Allah say here, though? You know what shukr means? Shukr means that when this person who was the cause of my being into this dunya starts to become weak, then I, my goodness, exceeds all bounds. I'm not even going to say oof. I'm not even going to demean them. You know, they're, they're becoming weaker and weaker, right? The back's starting to hurt. The knees are starting to hurt. My, you know, uh, 
when I was younger, maybe my father would be able to chase after me and catch me and do this and this and that. What's this, this and that? Allahu I'm not going to say, I'm not talking about abuse or anything like that. But I'm, I'm talking about, now my father's old, and for him to get from here to there, he probably needs like a good five minutes, right? Uh, and the first three of these minutes is figuring out how to stand up out of this chair, right? The back hurts, the knees hurt, uh, medication, what does Allah say? And then he says, That's what shukr is. Shukr is not your words. It's your entire outlook towards things. If I'm a truly grateful servant, how on earth could I put aside all of the goodness that was done throughout life? What goodness? He never did anything good for me. Well, what do you mean he didn't never did, or she never did anything good? What was happening when you were a baby and the only thing that you could do was cry for things? What was happening then? Before, huh? They change, they change the diapers? Uh, 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 no, I'm not. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they change for themselves. Yes, exactly. Right? They got the diapers and they put it on. No, I, I couldn't do nothing. Right? So, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You should be very. Right? If you were to do all of what you're going to do, all the goodness that you're going to do. It's not going to repay your mother for a single uh, pang that she felt during delivering you as a baby. You know, sometimes children don't think of this. You're, 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 um, this is not an exaggeration. Your mother's bodily structure was altered because of you and your other siblings. Literally. Her body was ripped apart and, you know, became affected the way it became. Because of having one, two, three, four pregnancies. You're going to forget all that just because, uh, you know, of some spoiled perspective. That, oh, yeah, she, she talks to me like this and she treats me like that, right? No, 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 I'm a sheikh. No, 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 no. That's what it means. It's not recognition. It is recognition and following through with words and actions and behaviors and everything else. How does this apply to people, right? That, you know, it applies to people in a very profound way, you know, that... I never forget the ihsan of those who helped me. Sometimes, and this is a very scary thing. Allah is a very, this is a very, one of the worst akhlaq is for someone to build themselves up on the shoulders of others and then be in an utter state of denial over all the good things that everyone else around them did for them. This person, uh, sometimes it happens with friendship. Oh man, I, I spent time with this person helping them in their most difficult times. I, but sometimes you even give them money. Sometimes you even give them uh, counsel, advice. You spend good times with them. You try to do so many good things. And for a person to turn a blind eye to this, this is, this is kufran and ni'mah. Kufran and ni'mah. For someone to build themselves up in their life on the backs of others and then turn a blind eye to everyone that did anything good to them. It's a disgusting it is an utterly disgusting character to have, and it's, it's too common. It's not a recognition. It's one thing to recognize. It's another thing to truly, truly, deeply appreciate and truly, um, you know, truly embrace the goodness that people do. Allah What other comments, questions we have? Uh, this is a question that, that comes up when we discuss relationships and patience. Where do we draw the line or where is the limit in terms of patience with someone in, you know, our household or a friend, friend circle that continues to cross a line or continues to hurt? Um, how do we reconcile that? All right. So 
again, again, I, one thing that needs to happen is I need to make sure that I never become a reactionary human being. What does that mean? That people do good, I will do good. People do bad, I will do bad. This is, this is again, for the believer, this is a very bad mode of living. I'm not going to be reactionary, right? I'm not going to allow the, the actions of people to dictate my character. No, I'm going to maintain a consistent, beautiful character and dealing with others. Should I create boundaries sometimes? That's possible. Uh, do I need to make certain strategic decisions? You know what? This friendship is not really bringing me up. It's actually starting to bring me down. This, uh, this friendship is starting to pull me away from good things, right? Uh, th do I need to strategically think maybe perhaps I need to meet with person X, Y, or Z a little bit less? Yes, it's fine. Sometimes, uh, sometimes some of this thought needs to also be given to family. Yes, maybe, sometimes. If you're talking about toxic, abusive realities, sometimes it could come about even with siblings or with parents. It come about sometimes, right? Is there something I can do to lessen? Yeah. I'm going to continue to give the hukuk and give the rights. I'm going to make sure I'm going to ask about who needs to be asked about and be generous with who I need to be generous with and also make sure that the needs of uh, the most critical relationships I have are being tended to. But then again, do I need to just... Does, does Islam teach me that I need to just sit um, down where I am and take all the blows left and right, left and right without absolutely making no changes whatsoever? No. Of course not. You could be strategic. You could be mindful and thoughtful. But don't be reactionary. Again, someone did something horrible to you, right? Uh, the, the, the Arab, the, there's this jahili um, line of poetry. The Arab, long time ago, there's one of them said these words. أَلَا لَيَجْهَلًا أَحَدٌ عَلَيْنَا فَنَجْهَلَ فَوْقَ جَهْلِ الْجَاهِلِينَ That's what they, this is what he said. Again, no one should dare think of crossing the boundaries with us. If they do this, we're going to respond multifold and do something ten times worse. Right? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's deplorable. That's, that, that's when, you know what? So, sometimes people are in the right. You know, uh, like they were really wronged by another human being. And they're in the right. But they make themselves in the wrong by the way they choose to respond to the wrongs of others. How do I respond to the wrongs of others? Am I reactionary? <coughs> do I end up committing something worse in the, in the reaction that I have to people's wrongs to me? Right? Be strategic, be mindful, create bar uh, healthy barriers, he healthy boundaries. Right? Because there's hukuk. Right? Even with those most sacred relationships, like I said, mother-father. Is there some sense that of creating a boundary? All right, now I'm an adult. I just got married. I know that my mother has a haqq and my father has a haqq. Should I allow this right to ruin this new household that I allowed to put together? Again, this happens a lot for people. Sometimes it happens a lot. That because in, the, in the process of trying to be dutiful to my mother or my father, I end up oppressing my spouse, my, my, my husband or my wife. Is that okay? No, of course not. That's not okay. Healthy boundaries are okay. Being strategic is okay. Being reactionary is not. That's what I would say to that. Um, so we discussed, you know, what happens when we do have patience, when we do have gratitude, and what that would look like. There are a few questions regarding, you know, the opposite. So does lack of patience remove blessing or reward? Um, does, does me being angry, does that, does that make me lose reward? Um, so, so what does that look like? What happens when I don't have patience? What happens when I lack gratitude? 
Um, well, yeah, of course it does. It definitely may will cause you to lose reward, and it may actually lead you to get some sin sometimes, right? So, um, and this happens sometimes. I'm mavlum. Again, like I said this. I just said this right now. Sometimes I might be mavlum, and uh, I'm, I'm oppressed by person X, and I end up sharing this zulm with half the community. Person X said this and did that, and I'm going to share other few details, uh, spice it up a little bit, and I'm going to share a few other things about my zalim, my oppressor, right? Guess what? I became a zalim by myself right now. So it, it will not only diminish your reward, it'll actually, it actually may lead to sin, depending on what your lack of patience means. What, what does it lead to? What does it lead to? This is the question you should ask yourself. Does it lead to something that Allah has decreed haram? Yes. If it does, then of course you're going to get less reward. Of course gonna, you might even get sin, right? Don't do it, right? Fulana gossiped about me and tried to ruin my relationship with all, uh, you know, uh, w with a group of people. If I respond to that with more gossip myself, is that gossip justified? No, of course not. Of course not. It will lessen my reward and even lead to sin. Yes, depending on how, what's the reaction. And I'm guessing it also lacks, it, it creates an environment lacking barakah as well, a blessing. Absolutely. Vicious okay. cycle. Look, you know, sometimes, look, this is, uh, this is something to keep in mind in relationships. If someone has the audacity and the will to come and talk to you about another person in a very toxic way, smear their reputation, put them down, say awful things about them, know this for sure. One day, they're probably going to do it about you. <laughs> if, if you're around a human being who operates in this way, they're just like this, there's nothing sacred to them. They're willing to put down and speak about anyone or defame anyone's reputation. Guess what? Most likely, not one day, they're probably doing that same thing about you with other people, right? This is, you know, don't ever entertain that type of, uh, that type of relationship with people. Allah so there's a few questions that are, I'm sure, sort of related, but they are top questions. Um, one of the questions is, how do I deal with panic attacks and stress in Islam? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. You know, how do you deal with panic attacks and stress and anxiety? Look, um, uh, you know, there's a medical response, and that's not for me, right? <laughs> uh, there's a spiritual response, and that's on working on the causes and the triggers that end up building to these types of things, right? You know, so... Uh, you know, I don't know, ask a doctor, but as far as I understand, you know, a panic attack is not going to come to you the very first time you ever get stressed out. It comes from something that's, you know, pathological and developed in your life. You become a person who's always stressing about things. Uh, you got so much anxiety. You're always thinking deeply about things in a very unhealthy way. A and it's a build-up. It's a build-up. It doesn't happen from day one. It doesn't happen from day one. It is something that toxically builds up within you and then you know you end up finding yourself your your body has little um uh you know little tolerance for anything stressful when you've lived a lifetime full of stress and anxiety i need to manage these things before they become out of proportion i need to do that i need to do that my best the best i can stress kills people Allah it kills people Allah it's not worth it stress is one of the leading causes 
for many health conditions and mental health conditions developing. It is, it's scientifically, statistically true. If that's the case, then what is really worth it? Is the money worth it? Is the, is the, is the career or the education worth it? Is, is the relationship worth it? Some people, they sell their peace of mind because of person X, Y, or Z. I wasn't able to get married to Fulan or Fulana or Mashaarafi. I don't want to live anymore. I, want to, I don't want to live anymore. I want to die. Why? Because I'm not going to have Fulan in my life. You might laugh at this, but wallahi, it's true. Sometimes people find themselves thinking in these, um, uh, you know, very, very um, narrow frames of mind. They don't see. People around them could see, oh my God, why are you thinking like that? Why are you doing that to yourself? Why is person X, Y, or Z even worth it? Why are you losing sleep over this? Wallahi, it's not worth it. But what? But we're, we're human beings. We're human beings. You know, we need to be careful. We need to watch our nafs. I need to make sure that I have healthy spiritual distressors uh, in my life. I need to, uh, the, the negative energy needs to go somewhere. If it's going to stay inside me, guess what? I'm never going to be happy. The negative energy for the mu'min, where does it go? It goes in sujood. It goes in dua. It goes in Quran. It goes in siyam Ramadan. All of these things are very, very spiritual ways to decompress. Very fulfilling. Wallahi, it's much more fulfilling then um, <laughs> uh, it's very, it's very much more filling, fulfilling than scrolling your phone, right? Some people decompress by scrolling their phone, and some people decompress by watching TV, and some people, um, some people de-stress by eating, uh, some people de-stress by doing other stuff. I need to. I, I'm a human being. I'm a nefs. I need to fix these things about me. If I don't. Every everything is going to reach a standstill. May Allah forgive us. May Allah better us. Allah, we all we all need to work on our nafus and we need to correct things about ourselves. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And 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 the quicker I realize that, the quicker I can begin to try to find solutions to my falls and where I have faltered. Right? Allah alam. Is if you're angry. Of course, so it's directly from the Sunnah of the Prophet. So I said them, you know, you feel angry, uh, you feel even stress. Why not make wudu, pray two rak'ahs, go to sujood, right? One of the scholars, like we said, he shared his example before. Uh, you know, uh, uh, whenever he would, before we go to the scholars, let's go to the Prophet. Prophet. Whenever he would be concerned or grieved by something, where where would he go? Give us comfort in salah. I'm going to find my comfort in that spiritual peace in salah. The scholar that I was talking about, whenever he would feel grief and concerns, he would go to sujood in salah. And he would make prolonged sujood. And he said, I would not emerge from the sujood until I feel that my stress is gone. I need to do this. I, wallahi, if I allow myself to allow stress to become compounded over days, I'm thinking about this and that and the other and mash'arifi, I'm torturing myself for no reason. Allahu alam. Does anyone have any last comments or questions uh, before we close for today? Any comments or questions? Hmm? Okay. You forgot it? Khalas, we'll, go, we'll come back to you. We'll go, we'll go to the sister first. Go ahead. 
Yes. Very good. Beautiful. Jazakallah khair. Exactly. Uh, positive thinking. By the way, the Quran has in it a guideline to positive thinking. Maybe I'll share this with, uh, um, uh, with our admin. Uh, uh, maybe put it on. Uh, I gave a khutbah once about positive thinking. Um, and I put together several notes from Surah Al-Duha and Surah Al-Sharh all about the Quranic guideline to positive thinking. And it's a list of things. All of it centers on uh, trying to have this positive attitude. Wallahi makes a difference. Uh, perception is everything. I, I mentioned this in a khutbah I said recently. Perception is everything. Our entire battle with the shaitan is all about perception and attitude. What's happening on the outside, that's secondary. You know what? But what's the biggest proof of this? Ahl Ghazza. The biggest, the biggest proof of this is Ahl Ghazza. Right? You know, there is no materialism. There's, no, you know, there's nothing dunyawi about Ghazza. Right? Every reason to be in utter despair and hopelessness. Yet you find, coming from them, very spiritual, inspiring things that we wish in our na'im, in our luxury, and in our indulgences in our dunya, we wish we looked at life the way that some of these people in Gaza look at life. Right? So again, it's, it's the way I choose to look at things. It makes a big difference on everything. Allahu alam. Uh, did you want to say what you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Barakallah feek. Ya Rab, Ya Rab. Yeah, self-accountability is a critical part of also making sure uh, that these relationships work. Jazakallah khair. All right, inshallah, I think this is a good place to stop. I know it's freezing cold outside. Inshallah, you get home uh, very uh, uh, safely. Inshallah, you go from the warmth of the masjid to the warmth of your car to the warmth of your house and you make dua for the people who don't have warmth tonight in Gaza and elsewhere that Allah Azza wa Jal gives them the warmth of their iman. Allahumma ameen. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.